Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome again. Welcome those uh, who are watching online. We're glad to have you with us right now. I can't believe it's two weeks before Christmas. Can you? I mean, it's like, man, it's here. And uh, I've shared this before, but I love Christmas time. I love celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. I love the decorations. I love the traditions. I love the lights. I love getting picture postcards in the mail. I love doing Advent. I love Christmas devos. I love giving gifts to my kids. Like, I, I really love Christmas and uh, all the um, wonder that exists with the kids and the increased generosity uh, and kindness that tends to flow uh, through the season for a lot of people. I, I love this time of year. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt that we get a little bit of white, right, during the Christmas time. It was so cool walking across the parking lot this morning with like just kind of a glistening early snow. It was, it was just really cool. I love, I love Christmas time. Now, with that being said, our Christmas is already feeling a little bit different this year than typical. Um, most of you know that uh, over the last couple months, uh, we have taken on a move. We moved from North Royalton to Brexville, and really the catalyst for that move was to just get closer to our kids' school, uh, pick up an extra bedroom for our kids, make some adjustments, and we just felt like the dynamics of a move would benefit our family and our kids specifically. And so we sold our house, and we bought a fixer-upper, and we've been working on that thing. And so uh, right now, like, we're still mostly in boxes, you know? We've been working on the house. It's just a construction zone, and so there's a lot of dust, and, and you know, we got to go in the basement and try to find stuff, you know, and uh, it's just, there's been a lot of just of that displaced feeling, and so it's not typical for us. I usually have lights up by now. We usually have a tree. We've usually picked up some things for family members, uh, a little bit more proactive and serving my neighbors as a life house and, and uh, finding other ways to be generous, and we're just, we're not as, we're not doing that as much as we typically do. In fact, I don't even have a nativity out. It hit me a couple days ago. I'm like, I don't even have a nativity out right now. I'm like a loser pastor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> loser Christian. Don't even have a nativity out yet. And uh, my son had had enough. It was so funny. Like earlier this week, um, he just went down to the box fest downstairs in the basement. And he found like our Christmas stuff. And he pulled out a couple lights and some decorations. And he went up to his room. And he put some lights up in his room. <laughs> threw up a couple decorations. And he, he kind of lightheartedly said, well, at least somebody's going to be in the Christmas spirit this year. You know, I'm like... <laughs> which was kind of cool because he's used to that. And then, of course, our little one was like, can you put lights in my room too? I'm like, no, I'm the loser dad, you know? It's like, um, but, but it's, just, it's just feeling a little different this year because our challenge, the challenge that we've been dealing with uh, the last month has just been the consuming nature of our move and our, you know, working on the house and all those things. And so uh, that's been our challenge. Uh, on top of that, a challenge that's coming our way is that uh, we're going to fly back to California to visit family uh, here um, on Christmas Day. And normally that's a very happy, you know, time and, you know, we get to visit with family and friends. But uh, there's just been a messy divorce in our family in the last couple months. And so there's just this kind of cloud of sadness that we're going to be flying into uh, with family. On top of that, and some of you have heard little bits and pieces throughout the year, um, we're really trying to connect with my estranged father. And so I'm trying to pin him down to introduce him to my entire family. He's never met my entire family. And so we're just hoping that, that that's going to be there. So there's a lot of emotional stuff, you know, uh, with, with all these things. And so it's just a little bit different Christmas, and, and there's some challenges there. Now, some of you love Christmas too, right? You love the decorations. You love the lights. You love the traditions, and, and, and you love Christmas. You love blessing people, serving people, being generous, and, and, you, and you love that. Some of you are already having a, really an awesome Christmas. Maybe it's a, you're newlyweds. It's your first Christmas together, or maybe as a, a grandparent or a new parent, this is baby's first Christmas, or you know, maybe there's just some great stuff happening. You know what? Praise God that you're feeling this hope and this joy and all this enthusiasm around Christmas, but we know that right now there are people 
some in this room and uh, those that we know outside of this room that are already facing great challenges this Christmas, right? Uh, someone's deployed, you know, and, and that's just putting a, a damper on the season. Or maybe someone just recently passed away uh, this year. Maybe there's a divorce or looming divorce uh, in the mix that's just causing a lot of problems. Maybe there's unemployment or underemployment. Things are tight financially. Maybe there's crazy stuff going on at work and it's stress. Maybe it's just uh, tensions and relationships and family. And right now there's some of us here that are dealing with these great challenges at Christmas. And then on top of it, the commercialism uh, that tends to creep into Christmas or dominate Christmas in some cases is just nauseating to you when you're facing challenges. And on top of that, when you see other people having a great time, it just kind of accentuates your loneliness and pain. And so we know that's all going on. But here's what I want us all to remember this morning. No matter what your challenge is, great or small, this is what I want you guys to remember. God is with us in our challenges. God is with us in our challenges. And, and we have to remember that at Christmas season, we should remember this all year long, but especially at Christmas, we remember that God is with us. Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel, God with us. This language comes out of Isaiah chapter 7, right? This Old Testament book that's so rich. Isaiah seven fourteen says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name, uh, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. Now, just to clarify some things theologically there, that doesn't mean that his name was literally going to be Emmanuel, all right? Some people are confused, like, wait, why is his name Jesus? I thought he was going to be called Emmanuel, you know, or the Spanish version of Jesus or something, you know? And um, Emmanuel means God with us, and many times in the Bible, it says that Jesus, the, the Savior, the Messiah, was going to be called, right? So in Isaiah 9, you know, he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. That doesn't mean his name is going to be Wonderful, you know, like, hey, we're going to name our boy Wonderful, you know? Um, that's not what it means. It means it's a reference to how he will be described. It will be his nature. It will be the role he plays. And so when it says that his name shall be Emmanuel, they shall call him Emmanuel, that means it's going to call him God with us. His nature will be God with us. His description is God with us. And so it's so important to understand that. Now, the birth of Jesus is truly God's way of, of, of showing humanity that he's with us, that he hasn't abandoned us, that God's not distant and far off and uninvolved. The birth of Jesus is God moving into our neighborhood, right? It's him dwelling with us. It's the incarnation. It's God becoming flesh and, and God being with us. And the birth of Christ is a unique time to be uh, reminded of that. And so for the next few weeks of 2016, the last few weeks that remain in 2016, we're going to really look at that concept of God with us through a few different people in the Christmas narrative and just look at how God was uniquely with them at the first Christmas and how we can use how God was with them as a reminder of how God is with us in our challenges. And so today, we're going to look at uh, this woman. Some of you maybe have never heard of her before. Her name is Mary. Um, and so we're going to look at Mary, a young woman who was given an incredible and miraculous mission, one that was both a joy and a burden. It was a privilege, but it was a great challenge. And she carried and gave birth to the Son of God, which was going to be monumental. So I want to invite you into the Christmas narrative seen in the book of Luke chapter 1. So open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. And as you're turning to Luke, uh, Luke really starts with Zechariah and Elizabeth and the miraculous uh, pregnancy and what was going to be the birth of John the Baptist, the one who's going to go before God's Messiah, God's Savior, proclaiming the coming of the one who's to come. And so uh, it starts off with that, and then it transitions 
into this narrative through the eyes of Mary. Now, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month, I just want to stop there, uh, that does not mean the sixth calendar month. This is a reference because uh, leading up to this point, God's talking about the birth of John the Baptist through Elizabeth and Zechariah because she was um, elderly and she was barren. This was a miracle. And so this is the sixth month of her pregnancy. Okay, it's not the sixth month of the calendar year. Some people don't know that still. And so in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man, engaged to a man, whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is what? With you. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the same and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son also. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you captured and wrote down and conveyed this amazing moment in history. God, thank you that you put it in your word and you've, you've given it to us. And God, we think about the unique and, uh, demands and challenges that this young woman, Mary, that you selected went through. God, we really have no idea what it was like to walk in her shoes. But Lord, say, let us have a, a, a glance at that. Let us get a glimpse of it. God, we all come with challenges today, some great, some small. God, just as uh, the name Emmanuel means God with us, we pray that today you truly will reveal to us how you are with us in our challenges. And thank you for the example of this that we get to see in Mary today. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you think about what Mary just experienced, I mean, think about this, the sight of an angel, right? That's not an everyday occurrence, okay? Angel shows up, and then on top of that, he's got some amazing news. You know, this news must have hit like a sledgehammer in her spirit when she started hearing the announcement that Gabriel was giving her. And so let's do a quick review of what emotions uh, must have been swirling around in Mary's spirit, right? Uh, it says that she was greatly troubled, right? She was greatly troubled. It says that she was trying to discern, right? She was trying to discern what kind of greediness would be, which means she was confused. She was a little bit bewildered. She's like, I don't, I don't understand exactly what's taking place here. She was afraid. Why would Gabriel tell her not to be afraid unless clearly she was afraid, right? Um, there, there, was, there was this wonder. It's interesting in verse 34 when the angel says that uh, basically she's going to be with child, she didn't doubt that it could happen, which is really interesting because if you go back in Luke, when, when God gave this announcement to Zechariah, he doubted it could happen. He kind of laughed at it, and he got, he, got, he got disciplined for it, basically. But here we don't see discipline going on to Mary because she, she believed it could happen. She was just trying to connect the dots. Like, how, how is that going to happen? You know, it was just a thing of wonder for her. So there was this wonder and this perplex, perplexity going on in her life. Uh, there was this anticipation. 
I mean, talk about, like, you've got some stressful conversations you might, you know, be thinking about. Like, I'm sitting here thinking about, like, I don't really know how this conversation with my dad's going to play out. But, um, you know, there's a little bit of anxiety there if we're going to be honest about that. Think about the anxiety that must have been swirling in Mary's spirit. Okay, here's the deal. I get to go hang out with my fiancé and tell him that I'm pregnant and that the child's not his. But not to worry, it's from God. <laughs> and then I'm going to have that same conversation with my parents. And then as I start to show, I'm going to have to have the same conversation with my community. Like, I bet this was just a whole bundle of joy for her and her heart, right? Because, because in that culture, when you're engaged, it's basically like you're married. It's, the only difference is you're not under one roof and you haven't consummated your marriage yet. And so you're really like married to this person. So if you're pregnant, not by the father, that's adultery. And there's laws and all these things that you know, can come raining down on them. There's going to be great shame and embarrassment. There's going to be misunderstanding. All these things had to be you know, just bubbling up in her spirit. And so she had this great challenge before her. I mean, we think we have challenges. Imagine walking a mile in Mary's shoes and all that she had to go through in this situation. And so all this was going on in her life. I mean, look, she was willing, right? I mean, we, we commend this amazing woman of God because she said, all right, that's what God wants. Then he gets what he wants. I'm his servant. And so although she believed, although she trusted, although she accepted, let's not be naive. This was heavy. This was heavy for her. She had to carry this and deal with it and process it and navigate the emotional impact of what all this was going to mean. Now, here's what we see. Right after God, you know, basically delivers this heavy news, he does something interesting. He doesn't tell Mary to go see Elizabeth. He doesn't do that. But basically, he drops a massive hint that Elizabeth also is dealing with the miraculous pregnancy, right? Look, look at verse 36. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who's called barren. God was showing Mary that this wasn't the only miracle he was up to and that he was dealing with one of her own family members in a very similar way. So what's interesting is he didn't tell Mary to go see Elizabeth, but how could Mary not? How could Mary not? I think God was setting something up and coordinating something uh, in this moment. And so we look forward to what happens from that, that moment, right? Look at verse 39. In those days... Mary arose and went with haste. She didn't waste any time. She went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, my baby in my womb leapt for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. What an amazing moment. Now, we often hear this expression, a picture is worth a thousand words, uh, so then therefore a video must be worth 10,000 words. Just to kind of get a better idea of what this moment might have been like, let's watch this depiction through this video of this encounter between Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth! 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 Oh, child! Oh, child! 
you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But how could you know? Who am I that the mother of my lord should come to me? The moment I heard your voice, my child leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believes the Lord's words. Are you frightened? Yes. A husband has been chosen for me. The law says I was to remain pure for a year. How is he to believe this? Stay with us then. We will pray for guidance. Elizabeth. Why is it me God has asked? I am nothing. Oh child. I think what a great depiction. Of, of that moment. Like, this was a real moment in history. It was a real Mary, dealing with the real virgin birth, miraculous pregnancy, all that stuff. There was a real Elizabeth. They had real conversations. There were real emotions. But do you see what God did here? Like, Mary had a great challenge, yet God was showing her that he was with her in her challenge. And one of the ways that he uniquely showed this to Mary was he used Elizabeth. He used Elizabeth to show Mary, remind Mary, reveal to Mary that he truly was with her, right? Like, look at the things that we see here. I mean, we, we believe that God coordinated this moment between Mary and Elizabeth, and no one knew about Mary's secret except for God and Mary. And, and all of a sudden, she, she takes about a three-day journey from Nazareth to Judah, she, she's probably traveling 50 to 70 miles. There's no Twitter. There's no Facebook. There's no email. There's no way Elizabeth knows what's going on, right? And all of a sudden, you can just imagine, if you're Mary and you just are filled with curiosity about, okay, something's going on with Elizabeth and here's my secret and, you know, I just feel like I need to go. And she's probably playing in her mind, okay, when am I going to tell Elizabeth? Am I going to tell Elizabeth? How am I going to tell Elizabeth? Like, are we going to be sitting down at the table and be like, hey, just got something to share with you, and I don't know how to tell my parents, but maybe I feel safe with you. Um, I'm pregnant, and here's the deal. Like, she's probably trying to create scenarios in her mind. And she walks up, she sees Elizabeth, and Elizabeth initiates the conversation. And Elizabeth echoes God's word. And you look at the things that Elizabeth said to her. She said, Mary, you're blessed. Like, this is an echo from Gabriel. Gabriel said, hail, favored one. And here's, here's Elizabeth going, you're blessed. Uh, she said, you're, uh, the one you carry is blessed. You know, Gabriel's saying, the one you carry is the son of the most high God. And here you have Elizabeth saying, you know, you're blessed to carry the Lord. She said, how is it that the mother of my Lord, she's identifying who this miraculous baby was going to be. God was affirming and confirming things for Mary through the mouth of Elizabeth, right? And she said, blessed are you for believing and trusting what God told you. Man, can you imagine the, the waves of affirmation? Can you imagine the wave of relief 
that must have come over Mary in that moment as she's all pent up, she's got this big challenge, and then God brings in Elizabeth to basically affirm and encourage. You know, the word encourage means to give courage. And you can see that through Elizabeth's word, she gives courage. And I don't have the verses on the screen, but if you're in your Bible, you can see what does Mary do next? She starts to sing. She starts to praise God, right? Look at verses 46 through 49 in your Bible. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of a servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Uh, do you see what, can you envision this moment? Her walking in kind of stressed, not knowing what's happening. God uses Elizabeth to bring encouragement to her. Afterwards, there's just this release, and she starts to praise God. You know, one of the testimonies one of the evidences that we truly believe God and truly trust God, even in the midst of our challenges, is that we can still praise Him. We can still praise God. And that when the difficulty comes in our life, we don't run from God, we don't hate on God, but we still trust Him and we find a way to just celebrate Him and lift Him up and praise Him. And that's what Mary's doing here. And so Mary was encouraged by the awareness that God was with her in the midst of her challenge through something Elizabeth did. Which, by the way, just on that note, I think of something very theologically important to make sure we understand in this moment while we're camping out here. Uh, it says here, and it's very clear in Mary's song and in this thing, that Mary was a recipient. Everyone say recipient. Mary was a recipient of God's grace and God's favor in her life. There are some theological teaching out there that says it's Mary who gives grace. Mary disperses grace. That's not biblical. You see here in Scripture, Mary is one who receives grace. And so we can relate to Mary here. We can relate to Mary going through a challenge. We can relate to Mary needing encouragement. We can relate to Mary um, needing to know that God is with us in our challenge. We can relate to Mary by being recipients of God's grace. And so I think it's very important that if you're here today or if you're watching online and, and you aren't in relationship with God, like you're not in a right relationship with God, that you need to already hear through this teaching so far that God is extending an invitation to be in relationship. He wants you to, to walk this earth knowing that he's with you because before you're in relationship with God, he's not with you. He, he might be wooing you, he might be inviting you, he might be drawing you, but you're not in relationship. He's here, you're here, he's calling for you. You've got to figure out if you're going to respond to his invitation. And once you're in that invitation, you become very aware that God is with you. And so uh, today, some of you probably need to make that uh, response in your heart that to God's invitation that through repentance of your sin and through just sheer belief in, in the uh, birth and life and death and resurrection of Jesus, you can be made right with God. You can have forgiveness. You can have joy. You can have hope. You can have peace. You can have a new life in this life, and you can have a, a reservation in heaven for the next life. All those things are extended through invitation. And so it's important to make sure that you're aware of that. But for those of us who are already in Christ, man, we're, we're these Marys right here. We're Marys, and, and we're, we're God's beloved children. And we just need to realize that he will not abandon us. And we need to be reminded at Christmas that through Emmanuel, God's with us in our challenges because we're all going through challenges of some sort. And so I just want to blast you with a few other places in God's word where he lets us know that he is with us, right? In Hebrews 13, 5, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God's not going to abandon you. 
We see in Joshua 1.5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I think Isaiah 41 is also very insightful for us because what we don't see in this verse is God saying, and I will remove you from your challenge. I will remove you from your difficulty. He didn't say that, did he? Look what he said in Isaiah 41. He says, fear not, don't be afraid. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And then he says, don't be dismayed. That would mean like discouraged, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Why would we need to be strengthened? Because something's tapping our strength. Something's wearing us down. I will help you. Why would we need help? Because there's a situation going on in our life that we need help. We can't fix it. We can't deal with it. We need help. We need God's help, right? It says, I will uphold you. Why would we need to be upheld? Because there's something probably trying to push you down. And I think it's so important, and, and we don't like this. If we're going to be honest, we want God to say, um, hey, I'm, don't, don't be afraid. I'm your Lord, your God. I'm going to remove all difficulty from your life, right? And we're like, how come the Bible doesn't say that? It doesn't. We know that some of God's best work happens under that refining fire of pressure and difficulty and challenge in our life. So again, we've talked about this before. Why would God remove such a refining process in our life and character? That that whatever we're going through is designed to lead us to be more humble and dependent on him and rely on him and rely on his strength over our strength. And so, yeah, he's not promised to remove that, but he's promised to be with us in it. Some of you today need to be reminded that no matter what challenge you are going through right now, that in Christ, God is with you in it. You're not alone. He has not abandoned you. Even Jesus said that after the Great Commission in Matthew 28. He says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Man, Christ is with us. Sometimes we wonder, well, what, what would it take for God not to be with us? We saw this verse last week when we were talking about spiritual warfare and, and, and trusting God as missionaries as we live on mission for him. Romans 8.38, I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And nothing will separate you from God. Nothing can rip God out of uh, his, his presence and his intent to be with you in your challenge. But you have to be in Christ. You have to be in Christ. And so what a beautiful reminder for us at Christmas time. God with us, Emmanuel, like Mary, God is with us. But that's not the end of the story. Because we see some beautiful things in Mary here, but then we see something through Elizabeth. God used Elizabeth. And so not only can we look at this passage and be encouraged that in our Mary moments that we need to remember that God is with us, but it's also a call for us to be an Elizabeth. Sometimes we're Mary, and we need to receive encouragement. Sometimes we're Elizabeth, and we need to give encouragement. And so I want you to think right now, you know, who do you know that's going through great challenge? God positioned and used Elizabeth to give encouragement. And think about how Elizabeth did it. She, she said some things to Mary. She used her words to love on Mary. She used God's word, right? The things she was saying were, were things from God, God's word. Um, she was, uh, if, if you read after the, the great song of Mary, it says she stayed three months with Elizabeth. So Elizabeth also provided some relational and physical resource and care for Mary 
in the state that she was in. And I'm sure Mary probably reciprocated because, you know, Elizabeth was almost nine months pregnant by the time, was nine months pregnant when, when, when Mary left. And so um, you see how Elizabeth was used by God to bring encouragement. When we bring encouragement, like right now, think of people that you know that are feeling isolated, they're discouraged, they're going through great challenge. We, we can learn from how God used Elizabeth to see how God could use us. How can you use your words, words of encouragement and hope uh, to, to encourage those who are going through great challenge right now? How can you use God's word? How can you maybe write down a verse or text a verse or remind someone about something God has said? Even today, maybe you need to take some of these verses and write them, text them, or call, or put a note together or something to someone saying, God's with you. Don't forget that at Christmas, we, we understand the prophecy of Isaiah seven fourteen, Emmanuel, God's with us. God's with you. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't forgotten you. And he's, he's with you in the midst of what your difficult thing is. Maybe you need to take Isaiah, and you need to look at that Isaiah uh, forty one ten verse and, and write it down and give it to them or something, or text that to them um, to help bring hope. Also, use your relationship. And Elizabeth, I think Mary probably felt alone at moments, and, and God used Elizabeth to be that special person to walk through this journey with her. Like, like Elizabeth walked those first three months with, with Mary as she, after she got the big news. And so who does God want you to walk with? Who is God wanting you to get a little closer to because they're going through a hard time? So you know what? I'm going to help walk with you right now through this season. Which, by the way, as you're going through painful situations yourself, and a lot of you have already learned this lesson, uh, our temptation is to isolate ourselves and to feel lonely and in pain and, and to elevate our pain and, and be like, no one cares, uh, no one's looking out for me. One of the best ways God's going to get you to, to feel less pain is to use you to help someone else in their pain, right? And you go bless someone else who's hurting. Because the reality is, no matter what our challenge is, someone else out there has a bigger challenge. Someone out there has a very difficult challenge. And one of the best ways to get our eyes off our challenge is to get our eyes onto someone else's challenge and then be a blessing to them. And so uh, the relationship that Elizabeth offered was a blessing to Mary. Also, just the physical needs and the relational needs and all those things, this is how God used Elizabeth in the life of Mary. And so how does God want to use you? And so when we look at this moment, we go, wow, what a great thing that Mary was able to receive encouragement in the midst of her great challenge. And wow, how cool it was that God used Elizabeth in Mary's life when she was facing that great challenge. So how are you like Mary right now? What challenge are you going through? What's something in your life that's just difficult, that's heavy, that's burdensome, that you basically need to receive encouragement from the Lord? You need to know that he loves you and he's there for you? And also, how um, is God calling you to be Elizabeth right now? I bet as I've been talking, some of you already have someone on your mind. There's already somebody that God's put on your heart that, that you need to bless and you need to encourage. And my, my challenge to you is to be faithful in doing so. Now, earlier I shared a little bit about the challenge we were going through this Christmas. If I'm going to be super transparent, I was hesitant to even bring it up because I feel like our challenge in comparison to so many other people is not even a challenge. But I don't want to kid myself. It's been a challenge. It's been physically difficult, mentally difficult. I've, I've told a lot of people, my heart is full because God's shown up in so many cool ways. My mind is scattered. And the people who work close with me go, yeah, you have been pretty scattered, man. And then also, uh, my body's tired. You know, but God has shown up and he's been with us. And, and, and here's how we've seen him shown up. He, he showed up in how quickly our house uh, sold and how quickly the other one came together. 
He showed up by uh, just the army of people that came and helped us clean and move and pack and then, you know, go over to the other house. Uh, he, sh- he showed up by people just coming and bringing us food when we d- didn't have a kitchen or ways to cook or we just wanted to save money instead of having to dine out for days and days and days and days. He showed up by, this is unbelievable, people just showing up and just been working on our house. And I'm just like, this is truly God's house, you know? And, and his people are just working on it. Uh, just, there's, there's just been this overflow of love. Um, and I just want to say thank you because some of you in this room have been part of that. Like, God has used you to bless our family. We feel so spoiled and loved by the Christian community, and it's made a difference in our neighbors. Our neighbors have seen the love of Christ in his body. And already, I think God has made some bridges be built because they've seen this amazing community working together on something. And so God's been doing great things, so thank you for that. And God has used that in those merry moments. Uh, My wife, Rika, uh, there's been moments where uh, she's told me, you know, big move, big project. She's thinking, were we crazy like, what was, you know, did we hear God right? And she has said there's been so many times that in those merry moments, God has whispered to her spirit, walk in faith. Just walk in faith. Just walk in faith. And all of a sudden, something would show up or something would get done or somebody would check on us or whatever. And God just kept showing up. And so God has been very present in our challenge. And we're so grateful for that. And here's been a shift for us. Uh, when we started to think about our California trip, it was very selfish, it was like, man, we want to go there to experience happy with our family and friends. And now because of some of the dynamics over there, there's not going to be a lot of happy. And here's what God's spoken to our hearts. You're going to bring the happy. You need to bring the happy. Guess what our role is in going to California? To be an Elizabeth. We've been a Mary here with the move in the house, but now God's calling us to be an Elizabeth as we go back. And so how can we bring encouragement to our family who's suffering right now through the dynamics of divorce? How can we encourage our nieces? How can we encourage my, my, you know, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and the family uh, with, with connecting with my father? If that, if that happens, you know what our role is? Just to encourage him. Just to make a connection that feels good and to encourage him and to be an Elizabeth in that moment. And so God's kind of uh, fixed that perspective for us, and we're looking forward to, to going and doing so. So again, how is God calling you to cry out for, for um, him and his presence in your merry moments? And how is God calling you to be an Elizabeth in the midst of others' merry moments? The big message I wanted you guys to grab today was this. God is with us in our challenges. God is with us in our challenges. So here's a couple applications for you. One, in your merry moments, here's something you can pray. God, I know you are with me in my challenge. In fact, can you just say that with me? God, I know you are with me in my challenge. And that's true for those who are in Christ. If you don't know Christ... You need to be in relationship with Christ for that to be true of you, okay? And then also for the Elizabeth moments, look for them. Engage them. Uh, Use your words, your physical encouragement, your relationship to help them um, in their midst of their challenge right now. It's so funny. At Christmas, people pick all these little battles. They're like, oh, this about the cup and this about the, the nativity scene. And it's like, you know what? If you want to keep Christ in Christmas, just be Christ at Christmas, just be Christ at Christmas. And so by being Elizabeth's, we can really bring the message of Christmas to others who so desperately need it. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this reminder. Thank you for the glorious example of Mary. God, what a fascinating woman. What an amazing woman who needed you, relied on you, depended on you, believed you, trusted you. 
And God, may we take an example from her that in our difficult moments and our challenges, Lord, that we would believe in you and your word, we would trust you, we would uh, cling to you in the difficulties of our challenge. Lord, use them to build our character, to refine our faith. God, may we also look to Elizabeth. Thank you for the example of this woman who she was dealing with stuff in her own life, but Lord, she embraced Mary. And you used her in her words and her actions and her desires and her love to to be an encouragement. God, may we use her example to be an encouragement as we leave here and interact with other people who are hurting and isolated and lonely. So, Father, do that work in our life. And, Lord, for anyone here who's watching online that is not in relationship with you, would they have heard today and have felt the need to be in relationship with you? And so may they believe upon Christ in his miraculous birth and his perfect life, his death on the cross for the sins of man and his resurrection from the grave as God, conquering sin and death. So we love you. We worship you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we all say together.